you ever have so many questions and no one to ask so they're just wasting away on google searches you'll forget about in an hour or so we had that same problem and that's why we created the rd to be podcast a resource for dietetic and nutrition students looking for answers that their peers don't have we are students Macy and Emily and registered dietitian Carl Barnes. We engage in conversations and learn from RDs. Join us weekly as we gain insight into the unique journeys of registered dietitians all over the country. All right, today we have, we're honored to have Dr. Yuta Hagora here with us. She's uh, faculty at University of Maryland College Park. Um, she's currently the program director there at the university for the nutrition program. Um, thank you so much for being here with us. I'll, I'll let Emily take over. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Yu. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So today we're just going to discuss a few things. Um, so what, uh, where did your undergraduate start? How did you become a registered dietitian? Stuff like that. Yeah, mine, uh, actually, I'm originally from Rwanda, Africa, so I started my undergraduate there and then did my master's in nutrition and public policy in Kenya okay. uh, to the events of war, uh, came to the America, uh, to America and then to New Hampshire, where I did my combined dual credit of undergraduate in dietetic and a master's degree, so that's how. I uh, find myself uh, ready to become a dietitian. Awesome. Where did you do your PhD program? I did, uh, I did work sometimes, like uh, mm -hmm. three years in the hospital, but I knew uh, one day I wanted to have my PhD. So I decided to come to Maryland, to the University of Maryland, where I completed my PhD. What was your PhD in, like public health? Was it in nutrition or...? Yeah, my PhD was uh, in nutrition with uh, a, a focus on, with a component in nutrition epidemiology. Okay. I'd been working with one-on-one uh, -on, -one on clinical setting or community setting. I wanted to understand better how to be able to approach population and make mm -hmm. difference at that higher scale level. Yeah. Is there any population you had in particular or just epidemiology as a whole? I was mostly interested uh, in chronic diseases. I have a history of uh, losing my mom to stroke and diabetes. So uh, immediately I knew those would be my area of interest. So mm -hmm. I helped to prevent diabetes. And I'm glad that I actually started to work at the international level about that. Oh, awesome. So what did you, what type of research, did you do any research on like chronic diseases, like diabetes and stroke, was it? I believe it was. Uh, when I did uh, my PhD was uh, on more on West Conference to look at how that leads to diabetes and how diseases among American, African-American and also to be able to say what's the appropriate West Conference. But right now, my interest is more on preventing diabetes and, uh, and uh, among populations. They're also um, looking at the fact of food insecurity because that leads to other consequences uh, such as chronic people would end up eating wherever they can get and that does not help when you're trying to prevent or manage mm -hmm. diabetes, yeah. Great. So what was your favorite part about working in a clinical setting and doing the weight, uh, the waist measurements and things of that nature? 
Wow, uh, clinical, that was really, uh, you can see I have a big smile on my face. Uh, that's a part I enjoyed a mm. lot. Um, uh, when I was growing up, I had wanted to become a medical doctor, but I couldn't. So being in a hospital setting, working closely with medical doctors, making decisions that they were finding very useful uh, and uh, looking up to me for pre nutrition prescription, uh, and particularly being part of that team. Uh, I was in a cancer center and then I was uh, in ICU and all other floors. I was also consulting in a long-term care uh, where I wanted to see how life ends. And that convinced me that I needed to be more in prevention. So the clinical, it, it's very rewarding. Awesome. What were some of your favorite experiences working in a clinical setting or a long care or a long term care facility? Uh, some of the experiences were um, working with patients who were really having major health issues to see how human being we can fight. And I really felt like it was a privilege, actually an honor to fight along with them. Um, and uh, to have, for instance, someone who came with head and neck cancer and had the treatment, could not swallow, and then with the collaboration of other healthcare providers, be able to get that person to swallow and eat and have a normal life, or to see someone in ICU uh, moving from ICU down to the next floor where uh, they are of all the kinds of tubes or TPN, total parental nutrition were feeding through the uh, central vent. So they were seeing really people getting better and the, and the privilege you get to connect with the patient as well as the whole team of doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm. I cannot describe it enough, it's great. Yeah, I remember, cause I'm in one of your classes right now. Um, and I remember how passionate you were talking about like your clinical setting and how you yeah. just interacting with the patient. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Great to hear. So you're so passionate about clinical, what made you become a professor? So I know you're a professor for methods of nutritional assessment. I'm pretty sure medical nutrition therapy. So how did that yes. come about? Yeah. Uh, after three years, uh, I believe I was kind of, uh, I was aggressive and driven like my student. <laughs> so what I ended up deciding in three years, I had accomplished so much. I was going to, went to conferences and uh, getting all kinds of trainings. And actually each year you are supposed to accumulate 75 credit to remain a dietitian. I think I was accumulating more than that and not using all of it. So I realized within three years, um, my growth, uh, there was no other way I could grow. I didn't think of becoming the clinical manager. I wanted to get out and I felt like the hospital environment was not going to allow me to reach populations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So what has been your favorite part about being a professor or a program director since you're the program director at University of Maryland? Wow. Uh, I have the privilege of meeting students mm -hmm. uh, the first day you step on that campus. Yeah. Uh, meet with you, with your parents, and uh, see how young and 
uh, nervous you are, and then I observe you throughout the whole process. And by the time I teach you the first course, Nutrition 100, and by the time you get to me, Nutrition 380, Nutrition Assessment, I realize what kind of knowledge you have accumulated. And then by the time I'm teaching you medical nutrition, I realize how, how much growth uh, you have achieved and the transformation. Uh, it's so great to, to, to really witness and be part of that. That's awesome. That's really great to hear. So yeah. what have been some of your most rewarding experiences at the University of Maryland? Uh, the most rewarding is to uh, the connection I get to have with student. I'm personally very much invested in my student. And uh, the rewarding is to see their efforts being rewarded by, for instance, getting 100% match for an internship, uh, getting out and having the very good jobs and uh, still stay in touch with students. Mm -hmm. so, uh, I can say since I started in 2011, I have trained more than 1,000 students. Wow. Uh, when I look back and realize where they are, I always say it was, uh, wow, I was part of that journey. And, uh, and I also want to improve it all the time. That's great. That's, yeah. that's great. That's very rewarding. It sounds really rewarding. Yeah, it is. So since you are the program director, what are some positive trends that you have seen over the years with all of your students? So what are some commonalities that we all have that you? Yeah, um, and of course with the trend, I'm um, getting the younger groups, uh, mm -hmm. but also get people who are interested in their second degree. Okay. As I have observed as the commonality, you are all interested in making a difference in people's lives. You also, you have that empathy, that passion, and also you want to really learn and you are driven because I really like that part. You are driven, you set up your own goals and you know, and you run with that and we are all only coming to support you. So that has been something consistent because you know, you have to take all those uh, chemistries and biologies and all that, uh, there's no way you would take it if you are a laid back person. So it's like you're all driven to succeed and to accomplish what you come to the university for. Great. So with that in mind and how much you like helping students and seeing them grow and things like that, how did your, how does your undergraduate experience compare to ours or like to what you see in your students? Yeah. Uh, commonalities, similarities, and also differences. And of course the differences, I can start with that and then end up with uh, the similarities. The differences uh, is the age gap maybe uh, because I'm from a different generation. So we had things done slightly different uh, uh, with the professors and um, um, but you, as you get younger, uh, you have more option, you have more opportunities. Mm. But the commonality is that uh, my director was excellent. She actually became my mentor when I got this position. Uh, my director was really, uh, very impacted me so much and all the professors were very helpful. So those are similarities to see how people want to invest you in you, how dietitians are available for you, mm -hmm. support you, yeah. 
So right now, a lot of students are super anxious about this whole match process that's coming up in the spring because this is an abnormal period of time. So what type of advice would you give to students that are up, that are going to start applying in these upcoming weeks? Number one is for you to maintain your confidence. You are a very strong candidate. You have been through all those major courses. You have done so much and um, and at the time you don't realize that. And that's the reason I set up a meeting with each individual student applying for uh, internship so I can go over your resume and pull that strength out of you because uh, that's number one, your confidence. And also we started learning about discussing internships since I believe early October. That's mm -hmm. when I've held my first meeting and we have had other meeting. Uh, please attend all those meetings and learn from each other, uh, get support from each other, get help. We have all the teachers who are willing to come back on campus and help you. So, um, and, 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 and just make sure you plan. You make like a, a Swiss cheese and put those holes in it. Uh, don't wait for everything to be completed at the last minute. That's great advice. So how about for students that are not applying? So I'm not, I'm, I in particular, I'm not applying until next year. So what type of advice for like volunteer work and experience would you recommend for right now, although we're in the middle of a global pandemic? Uh, there's nothing wrong with deciding to take a break uh, mm -hmm. and you need to know what exactly are you doing during that time. Is it because you have a job you would like to complete and also stay connected with uh, our field. We have the gentlemen who meet uh, for networking in DC, in Maryland, in Virginia, maybe now everything is online, it would be easier for you to join. So stay, stay connected. Uh, and also uh, it's very important to stay in touch with us on campus because at the time we have opportunities and we still mm -hmm. send emails and say, this person is looking for uh, someone to, uh, an employee or a, a work experience. And, and so it, it's, it's possible. And then you can apply the, the, the next year. Also, you can look maybe at one course you want to improve um, mm -hmm. and maybe retake a course, uh, a community college, if it was a, a chemistry or something else. Uh, there's so much you can accomplish by stay connected uh, with the people in the in the profession. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, I know mm -hmm. a lot of students right now are trying to figure out what to do because we can't we can't really get into a clinical setting. It's hard to volunteer because of the limitations and stuff like that. So yeah, that was really good advice to take retake classes if we have to. So how do if you? I, sorry, oh, no, I'm sorry. If I can add something else. Um, even if you cannot get into clinical, mm -hmm. there's so much you can still do right now. There are some uh, th things you can read, uh, meetings you can attend, webinars you can listen to. You can kind of come up with uh, a timeline and say weekly, I'm going to watch maybe anything related to diabetes. Mm -hmm. And once I'm done with that, I'm going to focus more on heart disease. And they also all dietitians around you who would be willing to talk to you and tell you what they are doing exactly. 
Great. So with that in mind, are there any webinars or articles or anything in particular that you recommend or that you um, frequently watch or listen to or read? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the, uh, depending on a person's interest, uh, we have, for instance, the Academy releases some free webinars. We have some eating disorders program in our region. At times, they also offer free webinars. Sports nutrition, that's another area. Some dietitians do send me some, uh, some material and I always share that information with students. Another area is ASPEN, the American Society of Parental Nutrition, because if you, that's where they focus on tube feeding and nutrition support. That's also very important. That's a place you can listen to doctors, pharmacists, and look at how are they approaching the tube feeding. Even the other webinars, it's also critical that you start uh, observing, listening, and understanding how the other team members, healthcare team members work. So you can also get interested, not only focusing on dietitian, maybe a doctor is uh, giving a, um, a presentation on eating disorders. Mm -hmm. Maybe there might be some 40% you wouldn't understand, but the rest you really do, or 30% you might end up looking for if they are medical terminologies, but the most of the stuff you will understand. Yeah. Great, thank you. Are there any ones that in particular that you happen to watch? Like any specific like people that you would recommend watching or articles by certain people? Yeah, uh, one person that comes in mind when it comes to uh, counseling, Molly Kellogg's, uh, she's a dietitian who is also a therapist. Uh, she has been training people, writing books, so, and she has free materials, and she does have a podcast too, so you can be on her podcast and listen mm -hmm. to her. So that's uh, one type of person. Others, uh, because of my interest in research, I really like to see what um, the most recent findings, maybe uh, when it comes to tube feeding or total parental nutrition, I also like Aspen and uh, things from the academy, yeah. Great, so for students who are interested in research, how would you go about um, like offering advice for them? So how do you suggest like getting into a research lab like in Maryland, for, um, for example? Uh, great question. We have many other faculties that who doing research. For instance, we have Dr. Song, Dr. Sayun and others you can actually contact the professor and ask if they have an opportunity. Uh, and uh, you can also do an independent study with a professor if you are really invested in one area and you want to learn about the research in that area. Uh, and, and then also you can participate in journal clubs. There are journal clubs that are held by dietitian. Uh, when you are in the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetic, there are some subgroup, uh, you might have to find out if they are mm -hmm. for journal club. Uh, so those would be good venues. Yeah. Great. Are you currently working on any research or are you strictly doing, um, uh, what's it called, uh, program director and being a professor? Uh, for right now, uh, I did apply to USDA grant, so I'm waiting for to see what will come up, uh, uh, if they will fund me. 
but uh, uh, some of the research I'm doing is in collaboration with others, uh, um, uh, whether it's uh, in Ghana, where we are looking at issues of food security, or whether um, it's uh, uh, Dr. Samner and Samner, who is at NIH, Mm -hmm. have been uh, coordinating with her to train medical students and also to get people to participate in the research to see how they develop diabetes, people who come from the African descendant. We did publish a few articles together. So, um, and of course with the COVID, really the research has stopped. So I'm more focusing on surviving the online. Yeah. I think, I think everybody is right now. So you said that you've um, written some research papers. So is there any article that you've written that really stands out to you that you would really like to share with everybody who's listening? Yeah, uh, that would be very interesting. Uh, I'll be, uh, it was a review. It wasn't uh, the original study. So it was a review that I worked on with Dr. Sumner and other collaborators. And we were looking at, um, the tools we use in determining uh, how people come up with diabetes, uh, if the, the weaknesses and the concerns. So I'll be happy to send you a link with that article. Great, and maybe we can link it to the video and the podcast and stuff like that. Thank you, I'd have really yeah, of course. That. I'm sure a lot yeah. of people would enjoy reading that. Yeah. So what has been, um, so what is one aspect of your current job that you didn't think that you would really come across. So did you ever think you were going to be a program director at a university with such a top tier dietetic program or where, or like how has your current job um, been like treating you, I guess? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, I would say uh, it's a great job and that causes you to grow and you get all kinds of training, of course, because uh, this position you are required to write uh, reports. For instance, uh, starting this, this uh, December, January, I will start to write a seven year report about our program. Mm -hmm. And um, I did not know that one day I'll be the dietetic program director. It happened that uh, when I was there and the position got open and they were interested in me, so I decided to take it and rely on my mentor, get all the training I needed and mm -hmm. have a support group uh, people can continue to communicate with. And also that led me to becoming one of the reviewer Raffle Ascent. I can now, the last five years I've been reviewing other universities, assessing how their dietetic programs are doing. So uh, you learn so much uh, and that's leadership uh, position I took on. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Did you look at any other DPD programs that you could potentially work with? Or was Maryland like set in stone and you were confident you wanted to do that one? Uh, I just only work with Maryland. So what I do, uh, I'm a reviewer, a lead reviewer for Ascent, where I have been to different universities, Purdue University, um, into uh, Philadelphia, uh, which was the name of, I don't remember the name of the university, but I've been to um, Oklahoma University. Now I remember that was my last one. So where we just review the program and make sure 
it meets the ASEN uh, requirement to train the student and we, the population we, is protected and the right education is provided. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can only be a director for one program, but you can go and evaluate others. Great. So kind of going back to the beginning, so how does your mm -hmm. um, dietetic career compare from in Africa, like in Rwanda and Kenya to America? So how is the education? Is it the same? Is it very different? How would you compare those two since you have the experience of um, going through both? Uh, definitely, uh, the experience is more advanced in the U.S. But if you look, for instance, the basic nutrition, um, it's, uh, it's the same. The sciences are the same. Uh, what comes unique is that uh, in the U.S. you get additional material, you get more information, you are maybe being taught by people who are doing research in those areas, you actually get to meet them and not read about them anymore. Mm -hmm. Or people who are working, for instance, for USDA and publishing all the enhanced data and what we eat in America, you invite them, you see them. So, and US has also developed so many um, tools. Uh, we use indicators we use to assess people or to determine them as a um, benchmark to see if someone is healthy or not. And we tend other countries, especially developing low-income, middle-income countries, tend to use those same ones because they don't have the means to develop their own. Have you worked within any other um, continents? So I know you have Africa and you have the United States. Have you ever worked within like Europe or Asia or South America? Uh, I, I have only visited and I have family members in those different continents. Mm -hmm. Uh, in Europe, Asia, and both Asia and Australia too. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Today I had a strange thought uh, of working in South Africa, but I haven't matured that yet. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a world traveler, so I'm sure if you want to do that, you would. Uh, so since you've worked in two different areas, you've worked in clinical and you've worked in um, more of like a, I don't want to say more professional, but more in like professional preparing um, mm -hmm. for us students. So what are some unexpected pivots that you've seen in the, um, like the, the college side of it? So what's something that like a challenge that you faced being a program director? I think, um, being coming from clinical and transitioning to uh, uh, being the academia is very different. In the clinical, I could leave my work at home yeah. and go and sleep and have my weekend and pick mm -hmm. it up maybe next time. But still, because I really uh, care so much about my patient, at time if I had a very complicated scenario. I will meet with other dietitian on Saturday, or I will read some literature review. But here in the academia, you are really connected 24-7. So you, you learn how to discipline yourself, how to say, no, my Saturday is mine, or my Sunday is mine. I'm not going to open this computer. So you have to, to organize that yourself. That was actually my follow-up question. So how do you separate work from home, especially during these times when you work from home? 
it's very it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my time I start from six a.m. and up to, up to maybe eight. I'm still on the computer. So, but I started to be more disciplined. Uh, I know by nine my computer is closed no matter how much work I have left and by 10 30 I have to get my sleep yeah otherwise I won't function the next day so uh despite that students have my cell phone they know everyone knows uh you cannot reach Dr. Yu at 10 30 unless it's an emergency so I have put those boundaries the other thing I have incorporated is to find ways to release my stress I write my bicycle, I walk, mm-hmm. I, I pray, I find ways to re-energize myself. Wow, that's really important, especially. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, I eat well. I'm a dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all. So my last question is, what does a program director mean to you? So what does it mean like when you signed up for this job, what were some of the goals you had in mind? What did you envision for this program? When I started the program, my goal was uh, to give uh, the best and see Lily student uh, achieve their goals and get into an internship and graduate. But as of course things are evolving uh, in our environment and also if you look at the number of students coming to the university or those who cannot come, Mm -hmm. my goals have also changed to make sure we are reaching to those who who can get the knowledge but are not able to join us. And also I have been transitioning Mm -hmm. because I realize I'm with a very smart group I've transitioned to challenging you more. So until, uh, because I always keep high expectation for my student and I can mm-hmm. challenge you until I realize maybe uh, this is too much. I can bring it back, scale it down. But uh, so far I've been successful to add new activities, things you can even use in your resume because that connects you to the community. So. I know I do not want you to feel like you are blocked in a four wall of classroom, but you are learning and connecting to the community. So that was really my goal and looks like I'm starting to achieve that more and more. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a follow up to that is how do you feel having such a high match rate and passing rate for the RD exam? Like, how did you, I guess, work with the program and do the curriculum so you have such a high success rate? Uh, first of all, I like to give credit to the student uh, because you do uh, work hard to get to yeah. a good GPA, a high GPA, and also you get the work experience. Secondly, mm-hmm. um, uh, we start learning about application earlier, early in October and September, early October. So, and then the deadline is February. So, and former. Uh, student, uh, I always be willing to come back and give back and uh, help you in the process. And one of the most amazing thing is to be able to have nine, 10, 11 directors of internship come and talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like the going to happen December 10. Yes. So that also builds your confidence mm-hmm. and already connect with some of the directors right there. Uh, and you can express your interest. You can go to their open house 
as well. So we, we, you are such a hardworking group and then we, all we do is to facilitate you. And uh, lastly, uh, when it comes to personal statement and references, uh, which makes such a huge difference in the application, students are well prepared. And uh, we also even visit how to get a good reference, how mm -hmm. you do. So all those make a, a, make a difference, yes. Wow, well, thank you so much for all this helpful mm -hmm. information about like the different paths you can take, how you get there, the detours you can take and like all the opportunities that we have as students. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Of course, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, I hope you take, is there anything, is there any advice you would like to give to students before we um, depart? Yeah, I, of course I do. <laughs> um, one advice I have, um, and of course you're working so hard, mm -hmm. um, make sure you take good care of yourself, but also don't be too focused pull information, go to listen to webinars, do something else to continue enriching yourself as a whole to become a resourceful person. So that's what I mean. Great, that's, self-care is a very good piece of it. Yeah, now. yeah. All right, well, thank you so much, Dr. Yudahagora. I appreciate it. Um, All right. Take care. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, have a good day. You too, bye.